When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Okay, I'm going to tell you one thing. The Edmonton Oilers were a better hockey team at this time yesterday than they are now. Now, I guess the good news there is it's July 21st and not October 21st, but certainly a hole to be filled and concerns on the blue line. Adam Larson defenseman with the Oilers for the last five seasons. The Seattle Kraken had an exclusive window here for the last three days where they could talk to pending free agents. And if they reached a deal with one of those free agents, then that player automatically became the claimed player off that club in the expansion draft, which is uh, about to start, though all the selections have already leaked. So Larson, four years, $4 million from Seattle, money not the issue the Oilers were were right there maybe even uh, a little above that in some offers uh, and it uh, it Larson does does not take it he decides to go to Seattle I'm surprised I gotta be honest I'm quite surprised if you've been listening to me for the last week I had some indications that he liked being here and that he was going to come back he has decided not to come back that will be a big discussion point tonight and of course I want to hear from you Not just what do you think of Larson leaving? Look, he was an unrestricted free agent. Uh, He made up his mind, and uh, he decided to go. But what comes next for the Oilers? I'm sure you've perused other unrestricted free agents. Maybe you've come up with some of your own trade scenarios. The Oilers do not have somebody like Adam Larson on their roster that can jump in and play that exact role, and especially they don't have anybody that can do it on the right side. So what comes next? And yes, as John writes in on the text line, 780-496-0063, that's also the number to call on the hotline powered by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. John says, hey, Reed, Oilers fans can freak out and overreact after every move, or here's an idea. Let's wait and see what the roster looks like when they go into training camp and on opening night and after the trade deadline, and then make our evaluation on the totality of roster transactions as the season proceeds. Call me crazy, but doesn't that make more sense Uh, first of all john bonus points for using the word totality uh no you're not crazy no you're not crazy but if you're a sports fan sometimes you're a little bit crazy and you overreact (laughs) so that's uh that's part of the reason we'll be talking about this tonight because i i personally think uh, and again, I, I'm I'm fine with uh, with you telling me you think something else or uh, or refuting my argument uh, if if you, if you want to call in and back up what you're saying. If I, I mean, I, I had a guy call in uh, on the day of the Duncan Keith trade and said uh, and, and said that I was being too negative about the trade and that Duncan Keith was going to make me eat my words, which I didn't necessarily think I was being negative about it, but I do think there are some drawbacks to it, one of which I believe we're seeing today. The Oilers now need some money to go out there and get a really good defenseman, but they have $5.5 million tied up in Duncan Keith, who I uh, who I believe 
will not perform at the level of a five and a half million dollar defenseman. Uh, I, I, you know, I think he'll probably be good. I, I don't think he'll be great. And there are cons- some concerns at his age that his play perhaps is going to drop off or that his m- mobility will not be what is necessary to play in the top four in the NHL. So look, I, 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 I that's one of the drawbacks I said of paying Keith that money. And uh, now I think we're seeing that uh, today because the Oilers are going to need some money to go and uh, sign somebody or they're going to have to get creative in a trade. This texture says more often than not, Larson was giving up the puck on the rush. I don't mind seeing him go. Well, um, if that's what you saw, that's what you saw. Larson, wasn't on the team in my mind to transport the puck or rush the puck. So, you know, that's like saying you don't like the color of Tom Brady's shoelaces. There are other things more important about his game, personally. Personally. So, with Adam Larson, again, the, the money was not the issue. The money was not the issue. The, the Oilers would have given him, were offering him about the same. We could speculate on why why he left. Maybe someday we'll hear from Adam Larson about it. I don't know. Players usually don't get going into that much detail. Um, you know, and it seemed during the season, I mean, there were days during the regular season when I thought, oh, like there's going to be an, an extension before the end of the year, before the end of the regular season, and they're, and he's going to be back. Uh, I, I Maybe Oscar Clefbaum not coming back is is a factor i mean he's not expected to play in the upcoming season and maybe he's never going to play again larson and clefbaum were pretty close as far as i understand and i you know i don't know about this but you gotta remember larson's dad did pass away in edmonton i i don't know if there's you know some bad memories here or maybe that just factors in he needs a new start wants to go to a new market and uh and wants to play in another city and again some players only get to be unrestricted free agents twice and he took the opportunity to to make a change and obviously still be fairly well paid. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Roly is on the line. Go ahead, Roly. Hi. Hey. Uh, just shocked. Just shocked. Read this. I can't. It, it's hard to believe that he's left, uh, and it wasn't for uh, more money. Just, just really hard to understand that one. Um, looking at what the Kraken might look like in terms of picks, you know, maybe they're not going to be that great this year or for a couple of years. I, I, just, I don't get it. Uh, big hole, big hole. I don't, I don't know who you fill that hole with. You know, maybe you score David Savard, but you're probably going to have to overpay, overpay to get him. Mm-hmm. I agree um, there. Yeah, just, just, and, you know, a couple of years older, yeah, I think he would have been a great mentor for a kid like Broberg and just stunned. Yeah, thanks, Roly. I appreciate that. Uh, and again, I, I was surprised too this morning. And and that's the thing. I, I mean, David Savard, what are you going to have to pay him? Does he even want to come here? Would he like to stay in Tampa Bay? Well, I might. They just won two consecutive Stanley Cups. They probably got a decent shot to go for three. Um, does this make it more likely Tyson Berry comes back? Yeah, probably, but that's a totally different type of player. And somebody called in last week and said, why are we not keeping Tyson Berry? We got a historically good power play two years in a row, and he was the point man on it the second of those two years. Fair comment, but I think the Oilers are hoping that Evan Bouchard is going to become that guy on the power play, if if maybe not 
totally this year, certainly in years down the road. Um, so if Barry comes back to me, fine. I, I'm not opposed to that. Hopefully you don't have to pay him a ton because I think he plays a pretty specific role. But who does what Larson could do? And look, and this this is the thing when, when we talk about putting together teams and you got this guy, you got this guy and all this kind of stuff. Um, what... There's because I, I know sometimes it's like, well, why didn't we get this guy? Why did this? Well, look, the, the Oilers can't get everybody. No team can get everybody. No team's always going to get the best player at, at the position. Um, so if you if you can't get the best player at the position, can you upgrade? And if you can't upgrade, can you at least make it even? And I think with Larson leaving, it's right now it's going to be hard to make it even, especially for for some kind of value. Anyway. Uh, Riders or Northside Clay says, why don't you put your mouth where your negative attitude is towards Keith? Have Keith on your show as a guest and say what you just said about him to his face and see how that goes. You're brutal. Well, look, uh, it's part of the job, man. I talk about players and coaches and GMs all the time. I don't think Duncan Keith is a bad player. And I think there's the potential that it could work out really well. I think there's a concern about his game. And we had a, we had Ben Pope on from Chicago who said the same thing, that his game is in decline. So it's totally legitimate to question how much is his game in decline? Can he play in the top four? Like if, you, if you're absolutely positive he can play in the top four, that's fine. I, I will have to see it to believe it. And I hope he does because I hope the team does well and I hope you guys are, are happy with the team, quite frankly. Uh, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Brian on the line. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Reed. How's it going? Good. Good day. Yeah, you know, some adversity is not a bad thing here. I mean, uh, for whatever reason, we may never know why Larson wanted to leave. That really, I think you got to move beyond that. And uh, you know, I think the others obviously are still a good team. It's still July. There's lots of time to. Um, make this team better, and uh, there, there are some pretty good defensemen out there still, like uh, like um, uh, Josh Manson, right? Like Dougie Hamilton, um, you know, and, there, and there's there's others as well. But, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that in a month from now we'll be talking uh, a little bit differently. Um, but by the way, how much cap space do the owners have today? Since they got about four. eleven million today, and then if they buy out Neil, it'll add on almost four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what is it at today? It's it's at eleven point two, and if they buy out Neil, it would create another three point eight. So yeah, that would turn out to be fifteen, pretty much exactly. And and what are your thoughts on like a Josh Manson, perhaps, or a Dougie Hamilton, or? Uh... There's another guy that I heard today in talks, um, not a really well-known player. But anyway, just on, on some either free agents or, or unrestricted free agents, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, Hamilton's a good player, but I, again, I think he is more in the Barry mold, probably better all around than Barry. Um and you'd have to pay a lot for him, right? Which is, again, part of the challenge with free agents is that you often wind up um, overpaying. So, 
That's what I see the challenge here. I'm not sure if Dougie Hamilton uh, is looking at coming to the Oilers or not. I think it's probably more likely that uh, that Barry would return. That other uh, player, I wonder if he's talking about uh, Yanni Hockenpah. I don't know if Brian is still on the that, line. I know that, Stoff was yeah, talking that, about him. That, that's the guy that's from the guy. Carolina? Yep. Yeah, yep. that's the guy. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. He's a pretty uh he's a pretty uh, big guy. He's what do they list him at? About 6'5", 218. Uh he is going to be 20 he just turned 29, I believe, at the end of March. Um yeah, not a not a marquee name, so you probably wouldn't have to pay as much for him. And and again, I think in that role you don't necessarily need a, a household name. You just need somebody that can be solid and do the job. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's still early. We got lots of time. All right, appreciate it, Brian. Thanks. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're gonna call a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chat. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, Adam Larson going to the Seattle Kraken, who are currently officially making their picks, though they were all leaked this morning. Jordan Eberle claimed for the New York Islanders. Mark Giordano from the Calgary Flames. Getting a lot. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A text here to 780-496-0063. You can also call in. I will uh, try to catch up here. Uh, Brian says, Reed, I'm just curious what Duncan Keith would have to do to go from good from being great. What we do to consider it a great trade for the Oilers besides playing like Victor Hedman. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say he's, he's got to do as promised, like play 18 to 20 minutes a night on the second pair against good players. I mean, you can't, sometimes he's going to have to play against the other team's top line or top six uh, defend against the rush and be a good penalty killer. And again, my biggest concern about Keith is, is defending the rush. Um, but again, I, I feel better about him coming in on the second pair than, than on the first pair. I, I'm just assessing, I'm just assessing the player guys. I'm not being negative or, or, or picking on them. Um, uh, don't know what else I can tell you. John says, Reed, I can't stand that Ken Holland is to blame for letting Larson go. Larson had the choice to go wherever he wanted, and he made the choice to leave. There's nothing Ken Holland can realistically do in that situation. Well, yeah, Larson made the choice. Uh, I mean, I guess you could have kept throwing money at him to get him to stay, but I think there's, you know, around $4 million a year. I think that's kind of Larson's value here. The Big L says the worst thing about losing players in a situation like this is that it's like getting new neighbors. You hope to get someone good, but you could get someone worse. (laughs) That's that's a good way to look at it. Trent says Evan Bouchard and Tyson Berry are the same player. Look for a shutdown left D on the cheap and put the money in goal and on the wings where it's needed. Yeah, it's a fair thought from Trent. Here's a good question. This texture says, Reed, let's say Darnell Nurse takes a penalty. Who are we putting out there on the penalty kill? 
Well, Russell, uh, I guess right now you'd throw Bear out, I suppose. Shahid says, uh, you've got to be kidding me. I'm glad Larson is gone. So Shahid did not uh, want Adam Larson on the team anymore. West End Ron, who likes the San Francisco 49ers, says, let's not worry yet. I loved Larson's game in Edmonton. I wish him well, but let's wait and see. I want Manson. I heard Stoffer show that at the trade deadline, he would be sweet here. And what about trading Ethan Bear for Jake DeBrusque? That was another rumor at the deadline. Keith will pair with Bouchard. Barry and Nurse will be back. Who's left for the defense? Uh, we need an overhaul in the defense. That's what killed us in the playoffs. Maybe Holland is smarter than all of us. And uh, the deals are almost already made for defensemen. That is West and Ron. Dean, with his assessment of Dougie Hamilton, simply says Hamilton is soft and brutal. I don't think Dougie Hamilton's going to wind up here. Don says, uh, Reed, my take is that Larson left as he was tired of hearing nothing but Connor and Leon every day. I think he did not get the recognition he deserved. Yeah, I never got the, pres- uh, the impression from Adam Larson that he wanted more attention. And I think the players on the team realize how important Drysdale and McDavid are to their success. Uh, Terry says, Reed, I think it screams one thing, dressing room issues, same money, but he leaves. Adam Larson was always identified as one of the leaders on the team, so it leaves a hole there. Uh, Does it scream dressing room issues to me? I don't think so, but I understand why you bring it up. Ryan says, Larson, you won't even notice he's gone. He's vanilla. Well, maybe. I, I mean, that's, I, I suppose that's the best case, case scenario. Is I, like, I guess I would say to you, Ryan, though, and that's kind of what I was saying before, is Adam Larson the, the best defenseman in the NHL? Well, no, he isn't. Is he like the best shutdown defenseman in the NHL? No, he isn't. But it, now that he's gone, do the Oilers have somebody that can do that job? And I, I, I think I understand... Um, about you describing him vanilla, like he's not a splash, a splashy player. Certainly offensively, there's not a lot to his game. I mean, what he gets three to five goals a year, most years gets, gets a few assists. Um, but I, but I just think he does a lot of the dirty work and, and the grunt work and you still, you still need to do it. You still need somebody to do it. So I, 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 I that's, that's what I'm saying, Ryan. And I, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Maybe I don't. You only wrote in like a eight word text. I, I know you write in sometimes, but that's, that's what I'm saying right now. Who does that job? And I think what I'm saying is who do you get and how do you not overpay for that? Because you still have some other holes to fill. I mean, look, we're, we're talking about the same holes in, the, the roster that we were talking about the past couple of off seasons, you, you need another uh, scoring winger for McDavid or dry Maybe you need a winger for both. Ideally, quite frankly, you still need a third line center, if not for an entire third line. So how much money are you, if you're tying up a lot of money in defense, then what's left to bring in somebody, you know, who is better than Dominic Cahoon or who is better than Kyle Turris. You're going to have to pay to get players better than that. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, Yes, thank you for the texture. He says the Oilers need to get Chris Letang. Yeah, Chris Letang from about 2012. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? 780-496-0063. Of course, we'll keep talking about the Adam Larson story. Dylan Gunther from the Oil Kings. He's going to go high on Friday. He joins us next.
Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Blue Jays trailing the Red Sox 4-1 in the middle of the fifth in Buffalo as the Blue Jays just over a week away from taking their home games back to Rogers Center in Toronto. And uh, yes, the Seattle Kraken are currently unveiling their picks from the expansion draft though of course uh we already know well maybe you haven't seen it throughout the day uh they got morgan geeky from uh carolina they got uh jared mccann they picked him uh yanni gord they picked uh who else joey decord the goaltender from uh ottawa kale flurry chris dreger uh i think those are the only ones they have officially announced tonight Oh, no, Will Borgen as well. Uh, and uh, Jeremy Lazan from the uh, Boston Bruins uh, was picked by them as well. Adam Larson signed earlier today by Seattle, four years, $4 million, and he's going to be the pick off the Edmonton Oilers. I will get back to uh, some of your text messages in a few minutes about Larson going to Seattle. I also want to talk about the Zach Hyman story, as apparently he was in Edmonton today permission to talk to the Oilers uh he's going to be a free agent maybe the Oilers uh, go after him and bring him over from the Toronto Maple Leafs another story this week the NHL draft and my next guest could go very near the top of the draft on Friday we welcome back to Inside Sports from the Edmonton Oil Kings it is Dylan Gunther Dylan you're on with Reed how are you doing hi I'm doing great how are you well, I'm doing very well it's nice to talk to you thanks for fitting me in because I understand it's been quite a busy week for you yeah, it has been busy, but, uh, you know, absolutely, anytime. I love to be on here. All right, so what what are some of the uh, things that a draft-eligible player goes through in the week leading up to the draft? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just skating, uh, training, kind of fairly similar, and then, you know, a few extra media requests that you get and a couple, uh, you know, last-minute calls from NHL teams. So, yeah, I mean, it's been busy. It's been pretty exciting, and, uh, you know, I can't wait for that day. Okay. When you talk about uh, uh, last-minute phone calls, is it kind of another full interview, or do they just want to follow up on some things? What kind of things are they looking for? Yeah, it's really another full interview and uh, kind of fairly similar to the ones that you do earlier. And, you know, a lot of the interviews are, uh, you know, fairly similar, but uh, I, c- I think they just kind of want to see your progress, uh, talk to you again, and just make sure that uh, – you know, you're all on board, and they have all that they need to know, I guess. Of the 32 NHL teams, did all of them talk to you at some point, or how many? Uh, no, not all of them. I think I've probably done, a, like, a Zoom call with probably 15 teams, and I had, uh, you know, some questionnaires from uh, a lot of the teams, too. But I think all in all, I've probably been in contact with, like, 25 teams. 25 teams okay so a large chunk of the league uh, interested in you which isn't surprising because uh, like I said you're likely going to go very very high do you look at mock drafts or rankings by the scouting services I mean I got McKean's in front of me right now they they have you as eighth best I, I've seen you at some mock drafts having you go as high as third after the two guys out of Michigan do you look at any of that stuff uh, no, I mean, I try not to. I think, uh, you know, for me, there's obviously a lot of different opinions out there and, you know, a lot of good stuff, but also some negative things that, uh, you know, maybe you want to hear to motivate you. But I think that, uh, you know, for me right now, I'm just working on my game and, and my training. And that's really my focus right now is just taking it day by day and trying to get better every single day. 
So when did you get back to to training once the season? Because you actually, your last game would have been at the U18s, right? So when did you get back on the ice after that? Right. Uh, so I came home and had to serve my, you know, 14-day quarantine here. And then uh, I started really started to train kind of right away and just start my off-season training and get back into it. And I'm not sure. I think the rinks ended up opening up probably four weeks after uh you know, the final time I was on the ice for the U18. So I think as soon as the rink started to open up, I, uh, you know, I started to get back to skating. And, you know, I was really excited to get into my off-season training. So it's been going really well so far. Do you feel any different than other off-seasons? You played much less hockey than you did in, than you have in probably either, any other winter since you were four years old. <laughs> did you feel any different this summer? Yeah, it does feel weird. You know, you go back to the gym where you you've been training for 11 months before and you think oh well you know i was just in here and it feels like uh you know yesterday that you were just in the gym again but uh you know you're there again and you're working on uh you know your game again and you're trying to get better so uh you know i think it's been a bit different in that sense uh this season okay i i often ask draft eligible players about their interviews and if there's an unusual or memorable question that any team asked them your teammate jake neighbors told me last season that he was asked uh which would you sooner retrieve a 20 dollar bill on the floor of a bathroom or a 100 dollar bill in the toilet bowl of the same bathroom uh <laughs> that would give him a laugh did you get anything memorable or weird like that I definitely didn't get that, something that out of the ordinary. I got uh, what kind of animal I play like on the ice and what kind of animal I am off the ice. But, you know, really other than that, I hadn't really had a ton of unusual questions and they've all been pretty similar. Now, how did you answer that question? So uh, for my on the ice play, like I'm scrambling when they ask me this just because I've never heard this before and I'm trying to think of all the animals I can, so... I said uh, cougar on the ice because they're, you know, aggressive and they're ready to pounce. And, uh, I mean, they're ready to attack. And, you know, once they do, they uh, they capitalize. So I think that that kind of resembles my playing style a little bit. And and then off the ice, uh, I had a Doberman. I, we had that. Uh, that was kind of my dog growing up, Billy. So I said a Doberman pincher just because, uh, you know, they're aggressive, but they're also really good family dogs. Well, those are very well thought out answers. I also think sometimes with those questions, they just want to see if you'll be able to come up with any sort of answer. I think they just throw you a curveball to see how you can adapt to it. But those are pretty good. You clearly thought those out. Dylan Gunther joining us tonight on Inside Sports from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, as I said, he is very highly rated for the draft on Friday. He will go in the first round. We don't know exactly how high. I, I, you said you don't pay attention to the rankings. Did, are you thinking, though, like, I, I want to go as high as possible? I want that feather in my cap. Do those thoughts enter your mind? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's been a long process, and, you know, it's been filled with a lot of uncertainty, too, just leading up to our season and, you know, whether or not I was going to be able to get a season and, uh, you know, other guys are playing and I'm, I'm not playing yet. So, uh, you know, I think it's been a long process, and it's definitely something that uh, – you know, I've thought about and think about, but I think at the end of the day, you know, whatever team I'm going to go to, I'm going to, uh, you know, bring my game and do whatever I can to help that team be successful. What do you think the next step in your game is that you that you want to get better at so you will be an NHLer someday? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a big one is, is skating, and I think strength comes with skating, but, 
you know, I think just the game just keeps getting faster. And I think, you know, one's first three strides is really what separates good from great skaters. And that's something that I always highlight in my off-season training and something that I'm always looking to improve on just because you can never be too good of a skater. And another thing is, uh, you know, my play along the ball, my play along the walls and on the boards. I think, uh, you know, as I continue to get stronger, I'm going to get better at that too. But I played a lot of center growing up and switching to the wing. It's definitely been a, you know, a bit of a change, but I've continued to grow and uh, get better at kind of my play along the walls, especially in my own end. You're known for your goal scoring and having an excellent shot. Where does that come from? What, did, did you always have kind of a bit of a natural ability as, as a kid, or how have you developed such an excellent shot? Yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, I definitely uh, worked on it a ton, and I had, you know, skill coaches and, uh, you know, we'd go out there and really just work on shooting and goal scoring, and, you know, that's something that I've kind of always been good at is just being able to, to put the puck in the net and score goals. But I also have, a, you know, a really good setup in my basement downstairs uh, for my brother and I both to shoot pucks, and, uh, you know, we've built some obstacles down there and stuff that we can kind of work around and, and uh, you know, work on different shooting techniques and types that we see, uh, you know, some of the best players doing. And I think that that's had a lot of credit to my success there. Do you have any idea how many shots you'll take in a day when you're training or, or doing that in the basement with your brother? Yeah, I mean, I don't really count. I think you know, some guys count, and I think if you're counting, you're just trying to get it over with. And uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, we go down there, we have fun. Probably, you know, some days we'll probably go down there for 15. Other days we're down there for 45 minutes. So. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, a small thing that we like to do and, uh, you know, shooting pucks, stick handling through obstacles, and, uh, yeah, we have some fun down there. Dylan Gunther joining us tonight on Inside Sports from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Okay, also exciting for you today, Hockey Canada announcing the roster for the Canada National Junior Team's Summer Development Camp. That's going to be held uh, near Calgary at the Seven Chief, uh, Seven Chief Sportsplex. And uh, when are you going there? You're going to be uh, going late July, early August. You'll play some games against the U18 team, which Brad Lauer is helping to coach. So you'll kind of go up against your own coach and those scrimmage, your coach in the uh, scrimmages at the end. Tell me about being invited to this, though, and uh, having the, the dream here starting maybe to play in the World Juniors, which would be right here in Edmonton. Yeah, I think that's a huge honor. I mean, the World Juniors is such a big tournament in Canada, and, you know, it's almost a family tradition in every household, and if not our household, I mean, we always kind of look forward to watching that tournament, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just a staple in our Christmas routine, and, you know, uh, this is obviously a small step in the big part of it, and uh, kind of the big process leading up to the team, but it's a huge honor to be a part of this uh, this camp, and I'm going to go there and put my best foot forward, and, uh you know, do whatever I can to try to make this team. Two of your teammates invited to that as well. Jake Neighbors, who was drafted in the first round last year by the St. Louis Blues, and your goaltender, Sebastian Kosa, who's also likely going to be a first rounder on Friday, coming off an excellent season where he went 17-1-1. and I mean, it's pretty good when the only thing you can criticize a guy for is not going 19-0. and I mean, he was just yeah. outstanding. If, if a, a team that was looking for a goaltender in the first round said dylan i want you to tell me why should we should draft sebastian kosa what would you say about your keeper yeah i think you know not really enough good things that i can say about him i mean he's such a competitive individual and you know being a goalie he's uh you know super athletic and moves really well and you know he's got that big frame so he's hard to score on but uh 
No, I think his competitiveness is really what sets him apart. I mean, he never likes to get scored on, and, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, he never gives on a pu- up on a puck, especially in practice, and he's always battling it out to the end, and I think it's good to have goalies like that on your team because it, uh, you know, not only makes the team better, but it makes you as an individual better just as a shooter. So I think that that's great to have, and, uh, you know, he, he talks a lot and he communicates back there. I think that that makes it you know, a lot easier on the defense when when you have a goalie talking to you and, you know, letting you know how much time you have and whatnot. So I think, uh, you know, he really checks all the boxes in, in that aspect. Okay. Well, look forward to seeing you guys go in the first round on Friday. Where will you be, Dylan? What are your plans for the draft? It's being, being done all online again. So how are you going to take it in? Yeah, Sebastian and I are pretty fortunate to have the uh, – you know, the Oilers group here and have those resources. So they're putting together something uh, in the Sportsnet lounge for him and I at Rogers Place. So we're going to, uh, you know, have friends and family there. We're going to be in kind of different sections, but we're both going to be in the building, and uh, that'll be pretty cool. I think we're pretty excited for that. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, a great opportunity that they put forward for us. Right on. Well, Dylan, I wish you all the best. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk after the draft to get an update and some impressions on whatever team you wind up going to. I know it's been a busy week, so I really appreciate you making time for us here on Inside Sports. Absolutely. Thank Thank you so much for having me on. That is Dylan Gunther from your Edmonton Oil Kings. Now, obviously, an abbreviated season. He had 24 points in 12 games in the Western Hockey League. And then he went and played for the Canada U18 team and helped them win gold. Yeah, very well-rounded offensively. Uh, again, outstanding shot. Just a deadly release and uh, creative, good hands. And, uh, you know, like you said, there's other elements of his game he wants, uh, wants to work on. But a great offensive talent. And it's it's kind of a wide range after the, the top two. Uh, but Gunther, you know, certainly I think is going to wind up going in the top 10. And whoever gets him is going to be very lucky. Good to talk to Dylan Gunther. Okay. Uh, also good to talk to you. 780-496-0063. Adam Larson leaving a big discussion point tonight as Seattle has made it official. Jordan Everly, the former Oiler, gets claimed by the Kraken off the Islanders roster in the expansion draft. Uh, Colin Blackwell going from the uh, Rangers to Seattle. Again, most of these names were already out there. Brandon Tanev taken off the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Carson Torinsky taken from uh, Philadelphia. Again, most of these has been uh, been out there. And Adam Larson signed by the Kraken earlier today, and he will be their claim from the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Here's another question for you tonight. What do you think of these uh, Zach Hyman rumors? Apparently in Edmonton today to talk to the Oilers. Could there be a sign and trade? Where do you think Hyman would fit? Would you like to see the Oilers commit to him long-term? So much to talk about. We're back in a couple of minutes. Sporting the Seattle Kraken jersey shortly after being selected in the expansion draft as he is uh, in Seattle showing off the white away jersey with that big S logo, kind of the navy blue forearm sleeves, and then it kind of looks like a teal around the elbow and then white after that. So Jordan Everly moving on from the New York Islanders and uh, 
Adam Larson joining the Kraken today as well. 780-496-0063. Well, we have John on the line. John, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Uh, they just announced uh, Smith has signed on for two more years, uh, $4 million. So that's that's nice. Is that official? I haven't seen that. Yeah, that's official. So, okay, I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen the Oilers put that out. I'd seen it as a yeah. rumor. Mm-hmm. Did the uh, Oilers uh, announce that? Uh, no, it was one of the guys on Sportsnet. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Adam Larson. You know, Reed. He's a terrific guy. I supported him when we got him in the Taylor Hall trade. I might have been the only guy in Edmonton that was happy to get him, but he came in as a rugged shut down defenseman that was what he was advertised and then he hung in there through a lot of injuries and then he had this personal tragedy with his dad and so i think if there's anyone who deserves a change a fresh outlook a new start it's adam larson and i wish him all the best in seattle and i i just hope that uh everybody realizes that he had this opportunity and he went through some terrible stuff and good on him. It's interesting too, Reed, because we have the guy that's replacing him already. It's the way Kenny Holland thinks. His name is Duncan Keith, and he is gonna be terrific. I watched him in the bubble play with Chicago. I didn't think he had slowed down at all. He's got skill, he's got experience, and he wants to win, man. What more do you want? I think that's a terrific signing. And the other thing is Kenny Holland knows that we have some big body guys coming both on defense and on the wing. And so if you look at it, there's a left shot, Dmitry Samarukov, who's 23, six foot three, good solid defensive guy. We've got Vincent Deharnay, Deharnay who's 25, six, seven, 225, right D. And we got Marcus Nima-Lehman, and he's 23 and six foot five, so left shot D as well. So, and then we got power forwards. Reed, I just, I, I can hardly wait for these guys to get into the lineup. Raphael Lavoie, who's six foot four, and Ostap Safin on left wing. Uh, Raphael's on right wing, six five for Ostap, and both of these guys have great shots. So, we have some big bodies coming. The only problem is I think people are looking at the Oilers roster and they might be asking for those people in a trade. And so I, I have all the faith in Kenny, Kenny Holland. He's two or three steps ahead of all of us, and I can hardly wait to see who, who he's going to line up. And I would be delighted if it's, it's Zach Hyman. So, you know, um, a lot of good things are going to happen in the next week or two, Reed. And uh, you just got to have a little patience and a little faith in the people who are running the ship. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, good call from John. I mean, he listed off, uh, off there a lot of prospects. I don't know if I'm as high on all of them as uh, as John is. I do think Raphael Lavoie is an interesting one. If you talk about somebody who could maybe become a shooter for McDavid or Dreisaitl, I don't know if he's going to be in the NHL this year, but hopefully a year or two down the road. And, you know, Dylan Holloway coming along up front. There is, there is potential there, but we know, I mean, I always feel like however many picks you identify, or prospects you identify there's always a few of them that don't become 
everything that that you hope they will be. So, you, you know, um, I'm glad John's optimistic. I don't think I, I am. I am that optimistic for sure, but I think some of the guys he mentioned will be helping the team eventually. Okay, we'll uh, keep up with the hockey talk, and we'll get the latest on the Elks. Kenny Stafford gone again. Man, oh, man. He's been in and out of Edmonton a few times. Dave Campbell has that story in the next half hour, too. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.